0: You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our Greenville teaching pastor, Matt Humphrey. Last week, we started a brand new series called Rhythms. um, And Jason taught an awesome message on Sabbath and rest. but what I love is, I've told you this before, but I'm a, I'm a science geek at heart. Um, not that I'm super smart, but I just, I love science and nature, I'm fascinated by it. But everything you look at um, operates around this idea of rhythms. Uh, when, when God created the heavens and the earth, when God created everything that we know of, um, it, it was created in a rhythm. It was created in a self-sustaining uh, way. It wasn't just all like, we have seasons. I mean, you're looking at the leaves outside. There's, there's rhythms in our life. There's some that we uh, don't even have to think about, the rhythm of breathing. Like, no one woke up in the middle of the night in a panic that you were going to forget to breathe, right? That, that one just happened, hopefully not. Uh, that one just happened normally. But uh, daily, monthly, yearly, there's, there's seasons, there's rhythms. Um, and in this series we 're talking about rhythms that some that happen naturally, and there 's others that we actually have to work at to implement in our life and We have to kind of wrap it around this this word that not many people celebrate this this word discipline you 're just like oh that sounds that sounds like either work or punishment right let 's be honest if you 're a kid you 're like that 's punishment uh, but discipline like you think about working out or eating healthy or whatever it may be, but this idea that there is spiritual disciplines and rhythms that we have to cultivate and put in our life in order to be the men and women of God that he's called us to be. So there's certain things that we have to work at. Um, Studies have shown that it takes around 21 days is the optimal time period for something become a, for a habit to actually stick. Uh, And those that are actually harder take longer time. And so, what we have to realize is that like, we have things to do. When we talked about Sabbath, it's this, this break from the normal rat race life to actually stop and to say, today is a day where I'm going to honor the Lord, where I'm going to rest from my work, where I'm going to celebrate, I'm going to worship, where I'm going to enjoy this blessing of a Sabbath that God has given me. Worship uh, uh, rhythms of prayer. We, we talked about prayer in a whole series a few months back. If you missed it, we have a podcast. Check it out. Uh, we, we talked about, or we're going to experience actually on Wednesday night. If you come this, this rhythm of, of worship, that it's not just a thing we do, but it's a rhythm in our life. And so today is probably going to be one of the most obvious, uh, more than, more than prayer and fasting and repentance and and these spiritual rhythms and disciplines. Um, this one is spending time with the Lord. Now you're like, that's kind of a trick question. Let's be honest because God is, is omnipresent, Right. So God is everywhere. So you're always spending time with God. I mean, we have the Holy Spirit in us. So what does it mean to spend time with God? But think about this. Have you ever sat in a room with someone else while you're both just scrolling on your phone, right? Okay, okay, if not, you're more godly than we are, Um, or you're just lying, so maybe the opposite, Um, right? But you've sat in the room with someone else, maybe your spouse, and you've scrolled on your phones. Even though you're in the same room, are you spending time together? No. Unless you're sending memes back and forth, then that's always fun, right? But you're, you're, kind of, you're together, but you're not spending time with one another. And here's the reality, is that the God of the universe, right, who flung stars off his fingertips, who knows everyone by name, who created the heavens and the earth, who, who made you, who formed you, wants to spend time with you. Like desires a, a relationship with you and I. Now that, that we, could, we could just stop right there and go home, because that, that's mind-blowing. But how do we how do we do that? How do we how do we cultivate that in our life? How do we um, practice that discipline of spending time with the Lord? Um, and here's where uh, here's where it gets it. I was I've been I think in three different tornadoes in my life. It sounds accident prone. I've been in a couple of house fires. I've been in, yeah no, no don't hang out with me. Uh, it's not my fault. But I remember in uh, growing up in Louisiana, we were on a charter bus going to a football game one time, and the roof just started leaking. Like out of the little exit thing, uh, water is just pouring in and pouring in, and there's storms going on. Finally, we pulled over at a rest stop. They're like, Man, did you see that tornado? We're like, What are you talking about? Like it was over your bus. Like it was following us, like swirling over our bus trying to touch down. I was uh, at our. Simpsonville church, I was there on a Wednesday night getting ready for students and a tornado went right through that area. Um, Storms happen, hopefully not tornadoes. Let's not speak that, all right? But storms in life happen. Like actual physical storms, we we see the ramifications of it. But in our life, in in the, the passage we're gonna look at, if you're a planner, you can jump to Matthew chapter seven. Jesus explains this principle in a parable. He says, hey, storms will happen in life. It's not, hey, if you happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. He's like, no, no, no. If you're breathing and living, guess what? You're going to experience storms. Not just the wind and the rain type, but you're going to experience betrayal. We're going to experience death. We're going to experience pain. We're going to experience all all of these things in the circle of the people around us. Like we're going to experience those things. There's going to be hardships in our life. And, and what Jesus hits on here is, is the way that we weather that is not just finding a bunker somewhere or a giant umbrella. It's not based on how well we can avoid storms, right? It's, it's not just pack up, sell your belongings, move to a deserted island, no people, no problems, right? I'm just going to avoid all kinds of storms. But Jesus gives us a principle of how we can weather storms in this world, in this life, and it ties back to our rhythm today. So if you have your Bible with you, Matthew chapter 7, a very well-known parable. Uh, We're going to be in verses 24 through 29. We've got four different passages today, so we're going to jump around a little bit, but think about this for a second. In the ancient world, right, Uh, at at the the time of, of Jesus, the most powerful force in that moment, before there was uh, nuclear weapons, before there was tanks, before there were guns, before there were anything like that, the most powerful thing that you would experience, the most powerful force you would ever experience is a storm, right? There, there was no, like, super, super Doppler 6,000 to tell you when something was going to happen. When you experienced a storm, you could see it coming, and you experienced a storm. That was, like, at the full wrath of nature and all of its fury. So, we pick up our verse in verse. Or pick up our passage in verse twenty-four, Matthew chapter seven. He says, "Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rains come and the torrents and the floodwaters rise, and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching," And doesn't obey it is, a foolish, is foolish like a person who builds a house on sand. By the way, had no idea that was in the worship set today. But how cool is that? The exact song we sang. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. And when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd were amazed at his teaching. For he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of religious law. So the first thing to write down today, the first note, if you're taking notes, is that the quality of my life is determined by the foundation. The quality of my life, the quality of your life is determined in the foundation. Now, if you've ever seen a house being built, uh, you know, they, they clear the land, they, they do all these things, and you expect the house to immediately start going upwards, right? But if you look at construction, if you know it, the first thing that happens is what they, they dig a hole in the ground. I've got a couple pictures to show you. They, they dig footings. Um, it doesn't look like progress unless you're going to live in the ground, right? No one is like, ooh, did you see the footings on that house? <laughs> Said no one ever, right? No one marvels at the footings, at the hole in the ground where they pour concrete. A couple more pictures. Like it's not even, there's not even sharp edges. There's not even corn. Like it's just, you just plop it in the ground and let it dry, right? This is not the beautiful, glamorous part of building a house, is it? But Jesus said, he said, hey, anyone who, who listens to my teaching and puts it in a practice is like a wise person who builds their house on the rock, on solid ground. Now, a couple of other pictures. Now, you've seen like when storms come through, keep going, sorry, builds up, right? You're like, I want a beach house, just not that one, um, right? It's built on sand. And the storms come and there's a really good sail on this next one. Um, it's vacant. You know, it's a fixer-upper. It's a little leaning, but it's a, the Zillow for that one is like, hey, you know, handyman special, whatever. Um, <laughs> it could be yours. Sand appears to be solid, but it's not. Now, if you look at, there's, there's some consistency between these two people in this passage, right? In this, in this parable, there's, there's consistency. There's two people. They both build a house. They both experience the same circumstances. They both have a storm, literal storm, that that comes against them. But the outcome is very different because one actually stands on solid ground and one does not. In other words, the outward appearance of someone's life isn't all that it looks to be. Because we can dress it up, we can put some shutters on it, we can throw a coat of paint on it, we can make the driveway crooked, but it's, it's not going to fix the problem, right? And what Jesus says is the way that you and I weather storms in life is that, one, we listen to Jesus' teachings, right? We have them. We have the teachings of Jesus. We have God's ways. And it's not just hearing them, but it's what? Doing them. It's putting them into practice. The way that we establish a foundation in our life, the way that we weather through life's storms is to know God's word and to follow God's word. Now you're like, okay, maybe is is, is God just trying to control me? No, no, no. God loves you more than you love yourself. And for some people, you've met them like, that's a lot. (laughs) Right? But God invented life. God is the author of life. So we should trust what God's word says on the best way to live it, right? Well, how can we do it if we, if we don't listen, if we don't read, if we don't spend time with the Lord? Uh, my wife sent me this article, interesting. Um, Dave Ramsey said this. He said he, he compared the uh, top five careers for millionaires. And some of these, they definitely surprised me. The top five uh, were engineer, accountant, teacher, management, an eternity. You're like, hold on, let's back it up to the teacher there. Because <laughs> I don't know if you've seen the wages of public school teachers. God bless you. We love you. We need you. But what he realized is that out of all of these careers, that the thing that they had in similar was, was not their pay structure, was the fact that they were all part of planning and being a part of executing plans. Meaning, and, and, and uh, further went on to say that, uh, A third of millionaires never even made six figures in their lifetime. So he's saying that the ability for people to to save and to build wealth has to do not with how much you make, but how well you can plan out. By how well you can can see that, hey, there's gonna be storms in life and I'm gonna plan accordingly for that. By the way that we can not just live in the moment, in the here and now, but we can see long-term. Because it looks great to just slap a house on sand. But when life comes, when, when, when disaster hits in your world, when, when you, you don't know which way is up, it's not gonna be feelings, it's not gonna be inspirational quotes, it's not gonna be any of that. What's going to keep you grounded is the word of God, is by living it out, is by truly walking and following and obeying Jesus. So, how do we do this? Great question. Turn with me, we're gonna be in, Psalms uh 19 and then 119 in just a minute. But David writes Psalm 19 and he says this in verse 7. He says the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commandments of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. Each law of the Lord are true. uh, The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. Now, David had a lot of gold, too. Like, he had a lot of gold. He was very wealthy. In a comparing, he says that the words of the Lord are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant, a great reward for those who obey them. How can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? Cleanse me from these hidden faults. Keep your servant from deliberate sins and don't let them control me. Then I will be free of guilt and innocent of great sin. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. David was at a point in his life where he says, the, the, the most valuable thing that I can have, the most the, the sweetest thing, the greatest thing in my life are the commands of the Lord. Because David, if you remember, but David had a season where he followed the Lord, and he had he had spurts where he did not. That's what I love about the Bible, is that it's it's real, it's raw, it's honest. It's not just the highlight reel, it's the the valleys and the mountains. So I it sounds ideal. Okay, that's great. So we need to spend time in God's word. If we want to build a life that lasts, because we do, right? All of us are in the same boat. We want a life that when, when things happen, we don't just crumble, that we leave a legacy for those behind us, for our family, for our children, that we can follow passionately after the work of the Lord in our life. Everyone wants that. Everyone, honestly, we want to be able to say those words not just because they're eloquent, but because we actually mean them. That God, your word is sweeter than honey. The God, that if I could have all the things in this world, I wouldn't trade them for your word because it is life to me. To open it up and, and, and read it. But what are, like, practically, I'm a, I'm a practical guy. I need steps A through B, right? Maybe, maybe a couple more after that because there's none in between it. See? Um, we need practical. So, what, like, what does this mean? What, how can we actually do this on a more consistent basis? Because... I'm pretty sure um, that most of you do not eat once a week, right? Show of hands. Anyone eat only once a week? Okay, great. Um, spiritually, I think there may be a lot of people in this room that eat once a week. That the only time that we eat, the only time that we um, spend time in God's presence is when we're here on a Sunday morning. But, but we, we don't we're not called to operate in that way. It's a, it's a rhythm of spending time with your heavenly father. It's a rhythm of, of being in God's word. It's a rhythm of eating and delighting in his ways. So three quick things. One, it's consistently spend time in the word. Consistently, not in, not in spurts, not in just moments, but, but consistently. Um, I was at my mom's house a couple weeks ago and we dug through some of my old Like boxes of stuff that have been there. Anyone remember this? Back in the day, I got a picture in case you can't see it. The TI-83. This was like the most advanced piece of technology in the world when I was growing up. It's like, this was amazing. For some of you, you don't remember this. I got, let's take it a couple steps back further. Um, If we was on a budget at once, the TI-82, because it worked the same, but other, the rich kids had this one, whatever. I started out with that one, TI-82. It's the same thing. Uh, or back even further for some of you, you remember this one? You felt like an accountant because you could just print it on paper. Like you just, whatever. I, like, I remember that and the plastic ages nicely. Uh, for some you you like, nah, I was on the cutting edge. For some of you, calculators look like this. The glowing red screen, the buttons, it, lay, it weighed like six pounds. Some of you, that was before your time. Some of you guys, like you did your addition on this thing. Maybe, okay, just playing, just playing, just playing. Um, but uh, I remember it was like, I remember in high school, like they, they stressed algebra and trigonometry and geometry and all this stuff. And it was like, I was convinced that I'm gonna need one of these for my job, right? I'm gonna have to walk around, figuring out the, the degrees of an angle at any given moment, right? Sine and cosine and tangent. I don't even remember what that means. Like I, I left that in a, in a box somewhere a long, long time ago. But I, I remember growing up just thinking like, surely we're gonna need this on a daily basis. And then you grew up and then you like started doing life and you're like, I don't even remember how to do algebra. I couldn't solve an equation if my life depended on it right now. Because if I do need to solve something, guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna Google it. Like everyone else who's smart. I'm just gonna Google it. hey, What is the answer to this as I'm trying to help my six-year-old do his homework? Um, right. So we, we realize that we don't need all of this. Now, some people, God bless you. You're a whole lot smarter than I, you need this stuff on a daily basis, but I think sometimes we, we, we can even treat God's word in the same realm because we have so much access to it, so much availability to it that we just put our Bible on a shelf somewhere that collects dust. And we think when we need it, we'll go get it that we don't have to consistently be in it. It's there if I ever need to solve an equation. It's there if I ever need to, to problem solve or need a word of encouragement. But it is, it is totally different. Technology may change, and, and what you do may, may change, but like the word of the Lord endures forever, and we are in constant need of it. So, you don't have time. Maybe I should excuse it. I I just... My schedule's too busy. I don't have time. I'm not saying that you need to spend four hours a day reading this in the Greek and the Hebrew, okay? 10 minutes is a great start. Five minutes is a great start. But it's not about spurts, it's about consistency. If, If you spent all day Saturday with your spouse, do you just need to not talk to him today? Some of you are like, I'm never, I'm not even gonna nod my head. I'm gonna stay perfectly still right now. If you just like, hey, we we talked enough yesterday, right? That's fine. Or we we like hung out last week. We went on a date, that's fine. We don't we don't need to communicate anymore, right? No, no, no. Relationships are built through consistency, built through continual patterns of, of time and attention and affection, right? The same is true with our relationship with the Lord. He doesn't change. The more we read this, the more we get to know his character and his ways, the more we can apply his ways in our life. And the more effective we are, the more joy we have, the more, the more grounded we are on solid rock, so that when life happens, we're not shaken. Yeah, it still happens. It doesn't mean we avoid it, but our life doesn't come crumbling down because we stand on something that is unshakable. The word of the Lord. So, very simple, very practical. How can you have a quiet time? How can you spend time reading and praying and worshiping? One is just stop. Like take time to just stop. I'll say this. So one, find a time of day that works for you. If you're a morning person, God bless you. Get up in the morning, do that. If you're a night person, God bless you. Do it then. But find a time when you have time. If you can find 10 minutes for Facebook, you can find 10 minutes to read God's word. And if you're like, hey, my vision's bad, it's on a phone. You can even read it on an iPad at like 100 font. You can do it. You can have it, be, you can have it read to you. There's audio versions of it as well, completely free. So like it, it is a matter of us creating and making this a priority. So one, have a time. Consistency, not amount of time is key. Um, find a time when you're most attentive. Like if you can't even watch a movie at night because you just, you sit still and you fall asleep, probably not the best time for you to read your Bible, right? If you, uh, morning is a struggle bus until your third cup of coffee. Maybe not first thing when you wake up. Maybe it's in the middle of your day. Maybe it's uh, in in the morning right after the the kids go to school and the house is actually quiet for a minute. Maybe it's getting up before the rest of the house is. But find a, a time that you can carve out and say, this is what I do during this time. Maybe it starts with a 10 minute every day. Maybe it's whatever, but but you find a a time in which the distractions and everything else isn't pulling for your attention. Second thing, find a place. Uh, I am am super distractible. And so like even in college when I studied, I had to like clean my room, make my bed so that I didn't look at all of the other stuff to do and say, oh, I should probably be doing that. I should probably be doing that. One of the great things, if you get up early in every quiet time, the house is dark usually. (laughs) So you can't see the pile of dishes and the other stuff to do, but find a place that works for you. If you need to be out in nature, be out in nature. If you need to, to be in a closet, be in a closet. If you need to, uh, to be sitting on the couch somewhere or, or sitting in a bed, wherever it is, but find a place that is consistent for you. And these aren't like, like what verse is that in? This is just, these are just practices. These are great things to just put into practice, tools to use. And two is, is find a plan, have a plan. Um, I know I've done it before. The, the holy hot potato is like, Lord, I need a verse. Boom, there it is. Uh, Jesus told her your brother will rise again. Okay, not today. I need something different. You know, like, have you, have you done it before? I'm just gonna flip open and that's where I'm gonna read today. And yeah, maybe that, that's great to try once in a while. But usually having a plan for anything is, is great, right? So there's, there's tons of resources out there. There's Bible reading plans. Don't just say, I'm going to start in the beginning because by the time you get to Leviticus, you're probably going to check out, okay? You're going to get to these genealogies and you're like, oh my goodness, if I read begat one more time, I'm going to fall asleep, you know? Like, have a plan. A couple of very practical resources I want to share with you. One is called the Bible Recap, um, it is a great uh, resource I stumbled across years ago. Um, it is a, you can get it on a podcast. You can get it on your, uh, Bible, your, uh, digital Bible of choice. Uh, but every day there's a, it takes you through the entire Bible in one year. I'm just going to, I'm going to leave it there. All right. It takes you through the entire Bible in a year and you can just read it, but there's also reflections and things that you can pray ahead of time. Uh, reflections afterwards. There's even a podcast that correlates with it. It's about seven minutes long every single day to help you understand it further. Uh, out of this, there's discipleship groups that are built, that are met, but it's a great resource to say, hey, I have a plan. Another thing, uh, this is called Bible Project. Uh, these are great, incredible pastors, theologians that really, really, really know God's word. And they create awesome looking videos that explain books of the Bible, that explain themes of the Bible, explain words of the Bible. Um, they, you can find it on YouTube, find it on their website, but they explain things in a very visual way. Uh, and, in um, literal way that helps you to make sense. Hey, you're, you're reading through the book of Job. You're like, what is this? Is it real? Is it, is it, is it a poem? Is it what you can watch one of these videos and help gain further understanding. Uh, we live at a time where there is more resources for us to help us understand God's word. I'm thankful that we are, we are past the age where uh, doctrine was that only a priest or a pastor could interpret the word of God, but we realize hey, we, we have the living, breathing, active word of God. We have the Holy Spirit. We get to live in that. Another one you probably have downloaded on your phone is YouVersion. It comes out of an incredible uh, church called Life Church. They created this perp- like absolutely 100% for free. Uh, on this, there's reading plans. There's reading plans that have to do with how long you want to take to read the Bible. There's reading plans based on topic, about marriage, about uh, raising kids, um, about being a man, being a woman. Like you can find anything, but there's plans and there's devotionals that go along with it. So what I'm saying is that you have resources at your disposal. So saying, I don't know where to start, or I don't know how to read like God's word. I don't know how to understand it more. What I'm saying is that you do. We all do. We have these absolute free resources at our fingertips to help us understand God's word, not just for information, but for application. So that we can. It's not a one-time thing that we we surrender our life to Jesus, we accept what he did on the cross for us, like we we accept him for, for salvation in our life. Like we confess that we need him. Like it's not just that and one and done, it's a daily solidifying the foundation, the knowledge and application of God's word in our life. So if you're doing this, one, find a time where you can stop, right? Stop away from the distractions, breathe deep. Not like I've got four and a half minutes, go. Like have a moment to where you can just breathe. You can just be still before the Lord. Two is read in this word called ruminate. I saw this a couple of weeks ago. Same Pastor actually created this, uh, but now it's like popped up everywhere. This, this word ruminate is something that that cows do, um, that those that, that chew the cud or that chew grass do. They do this thing where they take a big hunk of grass and they, and they chew it and they chew it and they chew it and they chew it and they swallow it. This is where it gets gross. They throw it back up and they chew it and chew it and chew it some more. They swallow it again and they keep doing this over and over again. You're like, this is disgusting, I know but the reason they do it is they're trying to get every bit of nutrient out of the grass. They're trying to digest it further and further and further. And where we get this word ruminate is a very similar to the word meditate. When we meditate on God's word, we we chew it and we chew it and we chew it and we dwell on it. We don't just read it to get to the end. We read it to get it in us, to change us, to, to, to not just be head knowledge, but to be heart knowledge, right? We ruminate, we, we, we dwell on God's word. I would rather us be a people that read two verses a day and live them out than those that read two chapters a day and don't live like it at all. It's not about the amount, it's about the application, right? Um, and then reflect, respond. Don't just read it, but actually, God, how do you want me to apply this in my life? God, what, what, what can I do? How can I, how can I carry this out? So spend consistent time in God's word, right? Consistent. If you don't miss a day, right? God's not mad at you. You're not like, I'm a, I am a failure as a follower of Jesus because I woke up today and I didn't have time. My day got off to a rough start and I didn't have time to read God's word. Guess what? Tomorrow is a brand new day but don't let um, missed opportunities become patterns, right? It's a consistent that we spend time in his presence. Second thing is to get the word in me. So we spend time in God's word, but this is to get it in me. This idea of ruminate, of of, of memorizing, of meditate. Uh, Psalm 119 uh, is longest chapter in all scripture. Uh, We're going to look at verses nine through 16. But in Psalm 119 alone, there is eight different words used for God's word. God's commands, God's laws, God's ways. There's eight different words used. Uh, But I wanna look at just nine through 16 as David writes. He says this. says, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I've tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not, that I might not sin against you. I praise you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. I have recited aloud all the regulations you have given us. I have rejoiced in your laws as much as in riches. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. I will delight in your decrees and not forget your word. David, we get it. You love the word of God. Ten times in these short verses he's saying this, but think about this. David didn't have this. David had the first five books, uh, maybe Joshua, Judges, some of the Psalms, uh, maybe Ruth and Job. That's it. David took time to remember, to memorize, to dwell on God's word. Not to just see it, but to get it in him. To tuck it away in his heart, so when life happens, it wasn't like, "Oh, where is that? Uh, I need a I need, I need a Google search, right?" But it was it was before it was it was it was written. It was spoken word. He knew that God's word endured forever; that it didn't fade, it didn't get stale. Um, one of the cool things we we found is uh, there's this Christian artist named Ellie Holcomb. She does these simple songs to help us. Uh, memorize scripture. Like, if I told you what letter comes after G, instantly you start singing it, right? Because you learn the alphabet through song. The last song we sang, King of Kings. Like, there is so much theology and in, in scripture and truth packed in that song. Like, the writers of scripture made the things that they want to stick, sticky. They, they wrote things in the new Testament in a way that we would, it would like stick in our brains. It would stick in our minds so that we could recite them. And, and so maybe pairing scripture up with music is a great way to remember it. And a great way to, to memorize things. And, and here's what I'm, I'm, I have a horrible memory. So I'm going to be first and foremost, admit that I struggle with this all the time, but there is so much benefit in tucking the word of God in our hearts, so when life happens, we have truth readily available that comes to mind. I remember there was a season where um, as a church, we, uh, as a staff, we memorized a section of Romans 12. Uh, I, I'm not going to recite it from memory because I do not remember it all the way anymore. anymore. But we, we memorized a, a, a long passage of Romans 12. Um, and then years later, um, my, my grandparents both passed away on the same day. And I had a friend who called me just out of the blue about something else. And I, I told him the news and I was just, I was, I was breaking down, I was crying, I was telling this story. And I remember hearing him just weep with me on the other side of the phone. And in Romans 12, it says to weep with those who weep. And it was just a moment of comfort of like, this is godly Christian community. Like it, it, it came alive because it was tucked in my heart. And there was a moment I was just like, man, the peace of God was, was in that moment that he was doing something. Yeah, I was still sad, didn't change the circumstances, but it gave me a different outlook. Tuck the word of God in your heart. And lastly, the challenge is to live under the word. So we spend time consistently in God's word. We try to tuck God's word in us, but most importantly is that we live under the word. What do I mean by that? Let me read Hebrews 4 first. Very well-known passage. We we talked about this every week in our Before the Throne series. It says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. We live under the word in in our parable, right? There's the rock, which is Jesus's teachings. And then there's a sand, which is our own way. But there's four components, right? The one that listens. He says that first and foremost, you, you have to listen to the word. You have to read the word. You follow the word. And then you build your life on the word. Everything else was similar about these two men in the story, these two builders, but as the one who actually put it into practice. I think sometimes we we think that the only reward is when we obey, but as we grow and as we mature, obedience becomes a reward because we want to walk in God's ways. Yes, there's times when God as a loving father disciplines us and we need it, let's be honest. There's sometimes where, where God just like, you read something and he pushes on an area of your life. You're like, mm not that, Lord. And he's like, mm mm-hmm, I love you too much to say no. But it's that putting it into practice, it's that living it out that we put our lives under the authority of God's ways and God's word. We, we build our life on it, but the ultimate authority is not just based on how we feel. It's not just based on a new popular idea or made up theology. Is that we, we put ourselves under the authority of God's word. His ways that God, I'm gonna submit my life and, and my desires and my thoughts and my actions and my habits, I'm going to submit them to what you say. I'm gonna submit them to the way that you say, hey, this is the blessed way to have a life to build a life. Um, There was a, uh, Charles Spurgeon said this. He said, there was a martyr that was fastened to the stake and the sheriff who was to execute him expressed his sorrow that he should preserve in his opinion and compel him to set fire to the pile. The martyr answered, he says, do not be troubled yourself for I'm not troubling myself. He says, come lay your hand upon my heart and see if it does not beat quietly his request was complied to, and he was found to be quite calm. He says now, he said, lay your hand on your own heart and see if you are not more troubled than I am, and then go your way, and instead of pitying me, pity yourself. such a great example that life does have its ups and downs. It's a a given, right? It rains on the just and the unjust alike. But the way that we can be steadfast, the way that we can be grounded, the way that we can endure that is by submitting ourselves and building our life on a firm foundation. Jesus' ways and teaching, that we listen, we read, and most importantly, that we obey, that we walk with him, that we trust him, that we can build lives where Either the storm will break against us or the storm will break us. And all of us want to be people who walk with integrity, who walk with boldness, who walk with courage, who walk with a strength, that it doesn't matter what we walk through, that we know that our God is in control. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.